Hello, you're listening to Living Alone Together. I am your only host, Yan. So, first of all, obviously,、um, last month I did not record two episodes、uh, because I started pretty late. This month we started pretty early on the third of December, so hopefully I can get three episodes in before the end of the year.、Um, that's just a hope, but I'll try my best. <laughs>、um, Right, so let's get to the topic. Well, before we get into the topic, I guess I have a long chit chat、um, to start with, which is about the season. So, where I live now in England, south of England,、um, it gets dark pretty early, and I have not experienced that in a long time. I think the last time I experienced this was in New Zealand,、um, and well. Here now it gets dark at around four or five. Actually, probably four o'clock in the in the afternoon. So that could be a bit troublesome because the the um yeah the lack of light really changes the mood. The good thing is I've got Philips Hue. <laughs>、uh, I got them last week or two weeks ago, I believe, and I only have two that have the full range of colors. A、uh, full range, a full range of hues, and one that is like from warm light to to、um, cold, cool light. Sorry, cool white. So in total, I've got three. So I can't really play that much with the app. So if you have the well, multiple full range colors, what you could do is that they've got preset scenes. I think I talked about this in the previous episode. Anyway. Let me repeat it. <laughs> They've got a bunch of things that are going.、Uh, that are just a preset combination of colors of hues, and、uh, they're supposed to create this great ambiance. I don't use things that much, although it's kind of fun to explore them. But、uh, what I do like is you could automate、um, the lights to turn up or to to turn off at different times. You can have them dimmed. Uh, slowly over time, or turned on slowly over time, so it's all very good. But my favorite thing about it is that you can voice control everything, and、uh, that's 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 very very convenient, much more so than I expected, because you don't have to move around. So even if I, well, I just have one big studio room, but. Imagine if you've got four or five rooms or multiple rooms to control.、Uh, normally, you have to walk around the whole house, and I think this will make a huge difference for people who live in a big family, who's got a huge house, and、uh, who doesn't want to walk to different rooms before you go to bed, right? So that's very nice, and you can also play with the app so that it creates a false living situation where you're not in the house, but it lights up and turns off. Sporadically to create the impression that you're in the house. Anyway, so it's it's really really smart in that way.、Um, I used to be completely opposed to the idea of smart house, just because of the creepy stories about Alexa, about Google hearing、uh, what you're saying, and just how you can even. Hear your neighbors, Alexa, and it's just very creepy. But I think the problem is with Google because it's connected to well, with Google and Amazon because Amazon would sort of they would hear what you're saying in the house and they would recommend 
ads based on what you're saying and that is very creepy indeed um i i'm i'm using siri for now but yeah um in order to turn on the full functionality of a smart house you kind of have to have very intrusive uh permissions for for the app for apple basically uh, I'm not sure how how I should navigate this thing. All I want is for it to turn on lights and turn off lights. And but then one thing led to another. Eventually, I got this. I got a a HomePod. Um, so that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> well, it was Black Friday, but um, well, the point is the point is it's being a great experience um just controlling a lot of things with your voice i was tempted to get a clock but then i realized you could always ask siri for the clock for the time of course my phone could do that it's just the home part would be louder <laughs> and i was thinking you know i decided to not get the full-fledged stereo system instead just to have the home part I guess I've changed, you know, <laughs> I guess I really have, or rather I would say the moving um, experience is still with me. I'm still very much tired from from moving to a new place. So in the period of just six, seven months, I've moved at least four, five, six times because I didn't find a an apartment to settle into until, until last month, right? So I guess all of that experience made me not want to be opening so many big packages um, and therefore decided to get a home pot. Not that it's a great excuse, but um, anyway, so that that is where I am right now with a smart house, more or less. Um, but my experience has been okay because what I've wanted to do is just to turn on and turn off the lights, uh, use the timer, which you could do with your phone, and uh, play specific songs on Spotify, which uh, basically it links to the phone to do that. So I don't think it links to the computer um, to do that, even though my computer is a Mac Mini. Um, so that's been quite convenient. And there's one thing that it does that I like, which is the daily news. So I would be in bed still, but I would ask Siri to play some daily news. I think you can do that with just the phone as well, but obviously the HomePod being what it is, broadcasts the whole thing. So that's quite cool. And I think the whole point that one one disappointment I have with this is that if you get a HomePod now, you should be able to get a six months trial. Sorry, six months free trial for um, of Apple Music, which is the very point of a HomePod because with Apple Music, you well, HomePod is connected to um, Apple Music directly, so it doesn't have to play the music through your phone like Spotify does. So if you got Apple Music, it connects to Apple Music directly. It searches uh, in the library of Apple Music and plays whatever you're looking for. But I already activated my one-month free trial um, a couple of weeks ago, so I am automatically disqualified from the six-month trial. And that's no good because obviously you can create a new account, but then that would um, disconnect all of my current Apple stuff. So I am a little bit disappointed with that. I think they should just automatically give anyone um, this 
six months trial, free trial. So that's one disappointment I had. Other than that, it's been all right because um, I don't. You could, you could. Um, I have Mac Mini, so it's pretty convenient for me to AirPlay everything on my computer. So it's not a big deal that um, the HomePod doesn't connect to Apple Music directly. I can just stream whatever I have basically from my computer to the HomePod. So that's all very good, and the sound is alright. In fact, it's pretty loud.、Um, I have to turn off the bass,、uh, reduce the bass.、Um, And、um, and yeah, so there's that. That's that's the home part. The chit chat turned out to be much longer than I expected, which is good. Which is good. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, some new things. My home is now semi smart.、Um, wait, what else can you do with the home part? That's kind of cool.、Um, not really, except that sometimes it still fails to to hear what you're saying. But if you just Want、uh, lights to turn on or off,、um, to turn off the music, to pause the music, to rewind, simple things like that. It's perfectly fine. Now,、uh, for other stuff,、um, yes, I was talking about the season, right? I was talking about the season, the lights, and therefore the home part.、Um, something. Oh, something I don't like about the home part is the lack of a physical. On and off button, and also the fact that the volume up and volume down buttons, or rather the the、uh, mark on the t- on the screen, they're not very visible, so pr- practically useless. But that's okay because you use your voice to control it anyway.、Um, so there's that. The short, very short review.、Uh, then there is. Also, all right. I have to admit, I've been doing like streaming hopping. I don't know if that's a term, but basically, as you know, all the music platforms are now for、uh, streaming, and even if it's very difficult to find a platform that could allow you to just buy it once for forever, right? So basically, what I've been doing is I've switched from Spotify. To Apple Music, to QO Buzz, to Tidal, so four platforms so far, and all of them had this one month free option. So Tidal, I think it had a two pound for three months option. So I used that pretty、uh, practically three months free, and then I used、uh, well Spotify. I cancelled because I've always subscribed to Spotify, and then I used Apple Music for one month free. So that's the fourth month. The fifth month, I'm on QO Buzz now. <laughs> But then I got tempted and I resubscribed to Spotify three months for ten, eleven quid, right? So this year it's been like that.、So、I've been just hopping around, getting one month free everywhere, and then I realized that the strategy is actually not a bad strategy if you can just. Put a little bit, just a little bit of extra effort, you actually would get a lot of free stuff, <laughs>、um, and and it's not illegal or anything, right?、Um, I just wrote on my calendar what date I should start noting,、uh, start canceling the subscription. Same with Amazon Prime, I just do that every two months. I subscribe for one month for free or for one pound.、Um, so yeah. I I don't think so. At this point, I'm I have the three months for eleven quid、uh, on, for Spotify, and then everything else is just 
free. <laughs> so there's that. I'm yet to think of a way to get the six months Apple Music trial, but I think the only way might be to create a new account. So so that's that. Um, and then you realize that it's okay to have some ad ads on on you know in between music. It's really just like having a radio, listening to the radio, right? All right, enough of the materialistic stuff. Let's talk about something else, which is uh, the books I've been, well, I've been buying but not reading. <laughs> the very first one um, is called The Bee Sting by P- Paul Murray. Let's just call him Paul Murray. He might be Paul Murray or Murray, whatever. <laughs> but it is spelled M U R R A Y. I think he's Irish, and um, he wrote a book called Skip He Dies about five to seven years ago. I think that's when I read it for the first time, and it was just one of the best I read ever. It's a big tragedy comedy, as in the whole like overall. I think the story plot was pretty tragic, but. It's just written in a lighthearted way, and there are just many laugh out loud moments in the book. So many laugh out loud moments in the book that you don't feel that intensity, right? So I really love the book, and I, well, I learned very late that this book was um, nominated for, well, long listed for Booker Prize. So um, this year, so that is good. Um, and it's a big fat hardcover book sitting on my desk um so that's giving me some pressure i'm not sure what it is about i think it's about two teenage girls and then they grew up or something like that (laughs) so there's one book another one is a biography called elon musk by walter isaacson and to be honest i'm not a fan of elon musk uh, I'm not a fan of Elon Musk's at all. It's just that the way the book was presenting the bookstore and the fact that it was uh, 50% off got me um, blurred for one second and bought it. Uh, I'm going to read it, though, because there are some parts about his love life that could be interesting. Um, <laughs> and Walter Isaacson uh, is also the guy who wrote... Steve Jobs biography. So I think the marketing and the design of the cover really, really helped uh, because that book I remember seeing, I even remember his name just because of how it was designed on the book cover. So there, there's that. Another one I bought was from a secondhand bookstore. And this book is called uh, How to Do Things with Words by J.L. Austin. And believe it or not, this was published almost, well, about 80 years ago, 1955. And it's a bunch of lectures uh, delivered by this philosopher, J.L. Austin. And he specializes, I think, in just philosophy of language and just analysis of how we use language, really, as the name, of, uh, as the title of the book indicates. So uh, if I remember correctly, there is something about... It's, it's something about commanding people to do stuff using the imperative or the way that people could announce that they're doing something without really having the words taken, like having any real meaning. You know, you might just stand up and say, I'm going to pee when it really doesn't like it just 
it's kind of nonsense when you're saying that. Something like that. I don't remember because I. I read about this somewhere, but um, so it's kind of interesting. And he's distinguishing different ways of using language. So, just I I think I might this might be my next book talk,、uh, which is long overdue. So, for the same expression, for the same emotion, we may have different ways of. Um, sorry. So for the same emotion, we may have different kinds of expression. Let's say, yes. There's this one random page that says, "I apologize. I'm sorry. I repent." These are more or less the same thing, but they are in different linguistic categories because of what they do, the strongness or the effect of the of the phrase. Right? I approve. I approve of. I feel approval of. So, all of these are. They mean the same thing, but not really. So I don't know. So this book is really just about that, about how we use words and how we have verbs that are of a different nature, right? I thank you. I go for a walk. Thank and go—they're both verbs, but obviously very, very different in their nature. So this will be a very interesting read, but. Um, other two. Okay, I have another uh other other two books sitting on the shelf waiting for me that are more spicier, I think, <laughs> than this one and the previous ones. So one is called On Conversations on Love. This is by Natasha Lung. Uh, I think Natasha is a journalist, and this is this I read about one third. Basically, she she's a narrator, but she she sort of. Jots down some thoughts about love, and then she recalls her conversations with other authors on that very topic. So, for example, there could be a conversation on、um, heartbreaks. There could be another one on falling in love. There could be another one on friendship, that kind of love. And so, all of these topics are all good, except except that I feel like the transition is not very smooth because. They're very different natures, right? They're very different in nature, and I, I, when I was reading it, it wasn't, it didn't feel that smooth. But if you just look at them, if you read them separately as different tiny episodes, then it's perfectly okay. So I would recommend that if you just treat them as different essays,、um, independent from each other. Um. So, and then finally, there is a book. Which is really really interesting, and I'm glad I found it. It was also, sorry, it's found when I was buying the secondhand book,、um, how to do things with words, and I just saw it in the bookstore. And it's called "Why Do Women Write More Letters Than They Post?" by Darian Lader. And you would think this is about some, I don't know, some poetry. Actually. You would have no idea what it's what it's about. I didn't, except because it's pink and published by Faber and Faber. I decided it must be a good read, and it's indeed very interesting. It's、um, written by, I believe, a psychoanalyst,、um, and it is about、um, well, men and women's sexuality. So. And more specifically about their 
expression of sexuality and uh, you gotta read it yourself i can't explain more so this book is pretty thin and it's good for reading on the bus or um in the underground or in the metro wherever you are highly highly recommend so it's not boring at all anyone would like anyone could read this and get into it very very fast so yeah some of the books that are awaiting me to finish um obviously a lot more that i started much earlier which i just there's i've got no energy for explaining what they are right now <laughs> all right so that's a semi-long chit chat let's go um let's go to our topic so the topic for today is uh what i was talking about in the beginning of the podcast which is the notion of consistency and uh, flakiness and why do we think are we really entitled or yeah are we really entitled to other people's commitment or rather why is the default consistency and commitment why are consistency and commitment considered more or less most of the time good things good um qualities whereas flakiness and the tendency to be sporadic why are these things not so valued and this is a topic that pretty much just came up because well it's a personal story but it's not that exciting basically there was this friend whom um I messaged a couple of weeks ago and you know nowadays some of the messages you can just click on a like or something like that and you wouldn't even know that they replied you wouldn't get any notifications right and um basically I messaged this woman well this friend a couple of weeks ago I never got any replies and um at least not verbal replies and i just assumed that she forgot about me or i assumed that she didn't care to reply and then until recently i was like okay i I still want to talk to her so i clicked on the message and realized she did sort of reacted to the message which doesn't really mean much really because that's the laziest way of doing things but i thought i still want to talk to her so i just call her i ran i i ran her rang her yeah gave her a call and uh, she picked up immediately and it sort of I was obviously pretty happy that that happened but then I realized yes who do I think I I am why why do I think I deserve her um attention for one and why who do I why do I think I deserve her immediate response or by immediate I mean anything between one day and a week right why do i think i deserve a response why do i think that people just have to react to me um and treat me as the center of the universe in a way and um i remember that actually she was going through some hardship and there's no reason that i should be on her mind on, on her mind um at least not a priority right and she picked up and we had a good chat and i am i just mean that um i think i think today we sort of and the same thing happened to me as well basically sometimes i did not i do not reply to people not because i they mean nothing to me or i don't care about them it's just that it's just that today i feel like too much 
emphasis is placed on urgency and being immediately present if you are、um, in some sort of connection relationship with the other person. So to make it more clear, basically, if you are their friend, their lover, their family, their coworker, whoever it is, if you are in some sort of nameable relationship with another human being today, it is expected that you should, you know, you've got these、uh, tiny indicators that you've read their messages, you've received, you received their messages, or that. Basically, you've seen what they're saying, and there are just so many layers, right? And you're supposed to at least, at the very least, read the thing.、Uh, unlike email, you wouldn't know, right? And there's just so much expectation of being present or giving space to someone else、um, in your mind by reading the message, by replying promptly, whatever that means, and by even reacting to a message, right? So what I'm trying to say is that why has this become the norm, and why do we think we're entitled to this?、Uh, phrases like "ghosting"、um, and "flaky" are invented precisely because of this expectation. If you care about someone enough, they say you should reply within 24 hours. You should reply within three days. You should. Meet them up again in a week, something like that. And there are just so many shoulds and oughts that it's really baffling if you really think about it. Because not be not just because this is relatively new, as in、um, so so many years ago we didn't even have smartphones and this wouldn't have been a thing. But it's really just that people just—it's not just the technology that made the difference. I think people are feeling more entitled. Um, there's a true psychological need to be replied to immediately somehow. Obviously, technology plays a big part, but I think it's a social thing. Obviously, I think it's because in common parlance, in general speech, in daily gossips,、uh, you hear that that's go- what's going on. You hear that there is this principle when it comes to dating. You hear that.、Um, People should react react a certain way, where this person reacted a certain way, and it means this and that because they did or did not reply this or that way, right? And so it's not just the technology; it's just a new social paradigm. I think that、um, people deserve. Yes. Okay. I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say. It's not just about the re the red receipts in WhatsApp. It's not just about the instant messaging that is allowing this kind of expectation. But I think it's a whole new、uh, phenomenon. As in,、um, people are、um, learning more about psychology. They're learning more about. Um, attachment styles. They're learning more about、um, basically basic human behavior and psychology. That they think there is an explanation behind every presence or absence of action by a human being. So if They mirror your your action. It means they like you. Or if they smile, it means they're happy. You no, know, 
like there is more and more knowledge about about the human psychology that more and more is becoming common sense and when it becomes common sense it becomes somehow the norm as well which shouldn't shouldn't be the case right let's say commonsensically trees are green but it doesn't dictate that trees should be green trees could have been brown whatever right what i'm trying to say is that just because um that 70 percent of the population um right okay so i think there's a conflation between between what is and what ought to be right just because 70% of the time when people mirror your your action, they do the same thing as you're doing, it means they like you or they don't hate you. It doesn't mean that that, that ought to be the case when they do like you, that they ought to do the same thing or, yeah. So it, it sh- you, it's very difficult, but people often, it's very difficult not to make the mistake, but people do often conflate um the two sides of the conditional uh a implies b doesn't mean b implies a and it's such a very simple logical knowledge but uh, knowledge of logic logic but um and when you and when you break down the logic it's so easy to to see the mistake that it doesn't work that way just because um it rains sorry just because raining implies a lot of people using umbrella uh an umbrella doesn't mean that when a lot of people use an umbrella it's going to rain but then if you break down a lot of things a lot of upsetting uh happens because people conflate this kind of thing um the one example is what i said if people like you they tend to do a but just because they do a it doesn't mean they like you or just because um, they... Anyway, there's so many things where people conflate the two sides of the conditional. If A, then B. It doesn't mean if B, then A, right? And if you think about it that way, you'll be so much more relaxed when it comes to, let's say, online dating, when it comes to interaction with people, right? A common one is, and the one that I'm talking about is... If people care about you, they tend to reply to your message quickly, right? Then it becomes sort of an expectation that that if um, if um, if they like you, they have to reply quickly. So that's one mistake. Another mistake is that um, if they like you, if they reply quickly, it means they they like you. Right? So there are so many so many problems with the simple observation that if they like you, if they like you, they tend to reply quickly. Um, and then all sorts of things just stem out of that that could be completely illogical and just plainly wrong. Um, and um, but then there is also the big big mistake that and this is the true mistake. The big mistake is really that logic doesn't really work that way. Suppose you're excellent with logic, you understand if A then B, and how all the implications with that logic. Um, And then you say, well, if they don't reply quickly, it means they don't like you. Logically speaking, this is correct, right? If A then B, if not B, then not A, right? That is the 
that is the correct logic. So based on that logic, if people like you, they reply quickly. If they don't reply quickly, they don't like you enough. <laughs> um, and this is where the trouble comes because logically speaking, this is correct, but this is not how human beings work. I think it's just that there's just so much psychological studies and that supposed groundwork for for people's behavior that people think. The if and then condition are almost always true, and therefore they think the um, the contra case is always also going to be true, which is the case logically speaking. But the problem is humans just don't behave logically, right? Um, so I was just thinking about that. I was just thinking that a lot of times our anxiety about the other person's behavior is. Totally ungrounded, and for one, because we are mistaken about logic, but for another, maybe it has nothing to do with logic to start with, right? And I was just thinking, also about, yes, why is it that when we quote unquote love someone in a myriad a myriad of ways, just because we love someone, it doesn't mean we have to have such a an exhausting presence in their life, right? And I feel like I feel like distance isn't valued so much today, and I feel like uh, we are trained to think that right. If you have a any kind of relationship with with any human being on Earth, you are supposed to be a con- consistent presence in your life and behaviors that are deemed flaky are just playing bad but but um and then you're expected to give an explanation if you quote-unquote disappear for a while and I just think it's a bit unfair because who was the one who set the norm who was the one who dictated that we should um I don't know, respond quickly, we should be present every day, every second, every two hours for another human being just because we like them, just because we are, we have some sort of pre-relationship with them, right? Um, so it's a big headache for me because it's very, very difficult to navigate. Like On the one hand, you feel, I always feel like I should have a human interaction bible and I should just check whatever chapter it is that tells me in this situation it means this person feels this about you I wish I'd had that sometimes but at the same time I feel like there is already this bible it's just that uh, most of the time people don't fit into that bible they don't fit into the logic of the bible right and sometimes you get that there's just this this uh, universal unit of 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 time of uh, number of hours before it's too late number of days before it is too late or rude number of um weeks before it's considered a doomed relationship altogether right so there's just a lot of pressure um in the background for people to always react and to respond and there's just no breathing space anymore. And I feel like it's really unfair that we're coming up with these um, tacit rules when it comes to building up a relationship with another person. And anyway, so that's what I have been thinking about. 
and I just oh my god I just realized I was so far away from the microphone that it's probably too oh my god it's not loud enough um for some time anyway so that's what I've been thinking about um there's no evidence whatsoever about how this works or how it doesn't work um but that's just sort of out of my mind it's just on my mind i need to get it out of my mind i'm just i've just been thinking about it i just think it really is unfair to to people who are just new to this world and they never got a chance to explore different options of of human interaction whatsoever and we are sort of just expected to follow the whatever groundwork is already laid out for us um well, it's not just about being new to this earth or whatnot, but it's just that social forces are much stronger than our individual forces, and there's very little control to ex- over what's expected, and all you can be is just see how much you can get away with being quote-unquote flaky without, being, um, without feeling too guilty, without being overtaken by guilt. But I really, I honestly, I think... There should be no constraint whatsoever, you know, no rules whatsoever when it comes to two individuals um, who can very much decide how their relationship is going to work for themselves. And um, I think the reaction of that very specific individual is much more important than what is what you believe is a social norm for them to react to. Um, and sometimes people can have a whole phase of being anti antisocial or just not interested or just want to zone out a little bit without explaining that there's nothing wrong with them or that they're on vacation or anything right you could people should have the right to to zone out yes the right to zone out that's what this episode is about people should have the right to zone out without explanation it's we're no longer in school that's why i hate school but uh we're no longer in school anymore we don't need to have an absence note if we decide to not come to work yes you ask for leave you take you um get deducted from your you they deduct your salary that's fine but I think sometimes there's just too many explanations required for a very, for a blank space. And it's all very exhausting sometimes. And not exhausting, not just for you when you want to take a break, but exhausting when you wonder what's going on with the other person. um, Because they may very well just be taking that, that break they just they don't have to notify you and um and yet because you are so entrenched um by the whole social norms that you think there must be some explanation required from their from their end when there's really none and you get trapped into your own expectations so it's a vicious cycle really um because this kind of questions then get asked and people start to discuss this and this becomes a different kind of People, you know, if you're concerned, you ask your friend and then they would sort of blame the absent party, right? And then this becomes reinforced again and again and then it becomes even harder and harder to to um, dissociate from time to time. Uh, and often, even with our closest relationships, sometimes you just want to take a break without explanation, uh, without an alternative plan, without 
any reason why you don't want to do this or that with them, right? I don't know. I guess it's, this is the very nature of being being in a social relationship, being a social entity. But um, I and obviously I've got no good idea of how to how to change that, um, and it could be very very exhausting indeed. Um, Yes, so a lot of mysteries in life and how to navigate life, and I have no good idea either. <laughs> but in any case, I guess we could resume with the book talk. There are just many good books, and or I will just resume next week, definitely before the tenth. Well, on the tenth, maybe uh, for another episode, the two out of three before the end of the year. All right. Thank you so much. See you next week. Bye.